remain standing. Our scripture comes this morning from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy, and when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear it, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated. It is good to be here with you all this morning. We're continuing our journey through what some biblical scholars uh, call the parables of parables. Uh, Luke chapter 8. As you'll notice, as we've read from Luke chapter 8, after Jesus delivers this parable, he asks the disciples and the crowds this. He says, don't you understand? How then, if you don't understand this one, will you understand any parable? Those are my words, that's a paraphrase. But basically what he's saying to them is he's saying, if you're not understanding what I'm saying in these words, then you're definitely not going to understand some of the other parables that I'm going to share with you, some of the other things that I'm going to point out to you, some of the other things that I'm going to let you know about what it means to be a person of faith who lives in response to God's grace and who lives in faithfulness. Because we have to remember that everything that Jesus said, he's orienting his uh, listeners towards the kingdom that he's bringing, a kingdom of hope, a kingdom of grace, a kingdom of salvation that's all going to come through him. So this morning we're reading from Luke chapter 8, which is the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is included in three out of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in this parable, there are a lot of different messages that you and I can receive from it. In fact, you could read the parable like we're doing each Sunday. And we can look at different snippets of what Jesus is saying. And we can see first how it relates to the entire story. But we can also see how it can relate to particular circumstances or particular individuals or certain uh, points in our life where we might find ourselves in our spiritual walk and our spiritual faith. I think the thing that makes this parable so um, unique and that it, it, it speaks to everything is it's something that, that Jesus is describing that happens in ordinary life in Israel. A sower sowing seed, the word of God being cast, the seed falling on all different soil types, and then depending on the type or depending on the condition of the soil, either a harvest is produced or nothing is produced at all. And so my goal in us working through this parable as a series is to have us take a long-term look at how you and I receive the word of God. 
As we read this parable, I think there are questions we need to be asking of ourselves. Just as Jesus uses this parable to get his listeners in the very first time to ask this of themselves, and we ask, what is the condition of my heart, and how am I doing the work to ensure that there will be a harvest when the time comes for my own spiritual walk and my own journey? I think in addition to Jesus looking at, uh, inviting us to look at the condition of our own hearts and how we receive the Word of God, I think the parable, Jesus is also trying to show us how important it is for us to be sowers of the Word. You'll notice that the sower casts the seed on all the different so, uh, soil types, all the different conditions. And that's really all that you and I can do, is we can cast the seed through our words, through our actions, through our invitation, and how the seed is received is not up to us. We can only be accountable for how we cast it, and how it's received is not accountable to you. And so all we have to do is cast out the seed so that others can receive the word of God and the life that Jesus offers us. Just as a reminder, we have invitation cards. If you want to invite someone to church or if you just want to carry it in your wallet um, to, to invite people to church, it's an easy way to do it. And I'd invite you to pick some up. They're in the basket. They're on the screen. Uh, mine accidentally got taken off, and I don't know where it is that I used to have clipped to my music stand, but that's okay. I'll get another one for next Sunday. In the first week of this sermon series, let's step back and let's review. We looked at the first three verses of Luke. We also looked at Luke verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 18. Verse 18, Jesus says this. He says, Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. All right, so what is Jesus doing? After he's taught this parable, after he has explained it to the disciples, after he's gone into greater depth, to the disciples when they've asked him what he means he then challenges us and them to listen to his words to consider them to discern what he is saying and then to allow his words to transform us when he says therefore consider carefully how you listen whoever has will be given more whoever does not have even what they think they have will be taken from him and how does that go with verse the first three verses of luke 8 I think in the first three verses of Luke 8, what he is doing is Jesus is showing us, Luke is showing us the fruit of Luke 18, of verse 18. Because Luke wants us to see who is hearing the scope of Jesus' words. He wants us to see the depth and the, the range of reach that Jesus' words are reaching into. It's not just the people who are gathered there around him. It's not just crowds. It's not just the disciples. It's not just farmers or fishermen or craftsmen or whoever it is in whatever community he happens to be in. Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, Jesus wants us to see that the message of Jesus, Luke wants us to see that the message of Jesus is reaching everyone. It's not just for a certain social class or a certain group. It's for people at all levels. And they're hearing the word of God. Jesus' word is changing them. And their change is becoming evident in the way that they are choosing to live, in the way that they are choosing to follow him, and in the way that they are coming to listen to him. That's why Jesus and Luke includes the, these names that, that Jesus of these women that Jesus uh, has traveling with him who helped support his ministry, who helped participate in the ministry. And then last week, we began looking at, at Luke uh, chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. 
And what we did last week is we narrowed in on the passage of Scripture where Jesus begins to detail the soil conditions of the field where seed is sown. Last week we looked specifically at the pathway. He said this about the pathway. Those along the path are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and they may be saved. You'll notice last week, and we pointed this out, Jesus is not criticizing the existence of a pathway in the field. He's not criticizing the fact that there is a, a path that, that the farmer is, is using to get in and out of the field. The farmer's doing everything right. It's a natural occurrence whenever you have to go in and out of a field. But I think what Jesus is saying is even in this given, in this good thing, this thing that happens, there's nothing wrong that's happening because of it. But when there's a pathway, there's hardness. And it means that there are parts of the field that when the seed is sown on it, the seed uh, it does not have a place to go and it lays there and the birds are able to come and pick it up or it lays there and it is unable to, to germinate and to put a root in and begin to grow. And so last week we talked about and just asking the question, how is our faith? How can we become like a pathway when it comes to our faith? When we read scripture, when we participate in worship. I think it's easy for us to, to recognize and realize that sometimes our hearts can become hardened, even when we're doing the right things. Our hearts can become hardened when we're not intentional, when we are not attentive to make sure that we're not just going through the motions or allowing ourselves to fall into a rut. We become hardened when we do not pray that God's Spirit would open our eyes and soften our hearts to His Word so that we're ready to receive whatever it is that He has for us. We have to ask ourselves where we experience hardness in our hearts and then we have to break it, whatever it is to do so that we can be receptive to God's word. And so today we're going to talk about the passage of scripture where Jesus tells us the farmer sows the seed, except this happens. Some fell on rock and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And so the seed fell on the soil, but when the plants came up, they quickly withered because there wasn't anything for them to use, no water. Now, I think it's, it's something for us to think about. Like, I think it's easy for us to assume that what Jesus is talking about is a field that's really rocky. Now, I think in, in biblical times, when they're doing everything by hand, you know, they are able to, to use and to plant in fields that maybe have some rocks interspersed with them. And I think what Jesus is talking is about something different. I think he's talking about uh, a layer of field where there's a layer of soil over the top, and then beneath that layer of soil is rock. Or, or hard pan or whatever it is that, that keeps the seed, that keeps the root from truly going down to being firmly rooted, to getting the nutrients, to getting the moisture, to getting whatever it else uh, that the plant gets from the soil. I think in rocky soil, it, a harvest is possible, but I think what Jesus is talking about is this soil that looks healthy, that looks like it's the right condition, but then underneath, it's not. And so on the top layer is good soil, the plant grows in the top layer. However, what lies underneath is hard. It's impenetrable. It doesn't allow for the roots to grow. And so whatever lies under that top layer is not conducive to a harvest. And so as the farmer sows the seed on the field, the seed falls on this part. There's a thin layer where it grows and it does well. The seed's able to germinate. The seed is able to begin growing. The roots are beginning to grow. There's a little bit of water, there's some nutrients, and then at some point, all of that runs out. 
and the plant ceases to grow, everything is used up, and the plant wilts and dies, and no harvest is possible. All right, I think it's easy for us to, to be critical of the disciples when they ask Jesus what he means by the telling of this parable. I think it's easy for us to, to look at it because you and I have the benefit both of his first telling in Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 9. And then we also have the benefit when the disciples say, all right, we don't get it. Would you please explain to us what you really meant by this? We have the opportunity of reading the bookends. We know the whole thing, right? We have the benefit of knowing what they heard and also what Jesus explained to them. And here's what he says. He says, those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Those who receive the seed on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy, but they have no root, and in the time of testing, they fall away. Friends, I think we all know exactly what Jesus is talking about on this part of the parable. Without being critical of people, if you're, if you're, I, I believe that, that we can all think of people who discover the gospel for themselves, who have discovered the, the goodness of Jesus for themselves, and they're filled with joy. They go on a spiritual retreat, you know, um, like an Emmaus walk or, or another experience or, or some other mountaintop experience. And, you know, it's, it's a life-changing thing where they encounter the grace of Jesus and they come off of it and they're up here. Or maybe it's a study or, or some other exercise. Maybe there's some experience in their life that, that has opened their eyes to what God's grace offers them, to what God's glory is for each of us. And they're filled with joy. And in their joy, they jump into the life of faith. They've experienced conversion. They're reading the Bible. They're sharing with others. They're jumping into studies, whatever it is. It seems to us on the outside like they are growing in their faith as they're participating fully. And then one day... They just stop coming. And that's it. You know, as I was thinking, when Mindy and I were um, in college at New Mexico State, you know, we, we participated in the Wesley Foundation, and uh, we had a number of times where this happened. Uh, students would get involved in, in one semester or one year. They would be all in, like all the Bible studies, the men and women's groups. They would go on the retreats. They would be a part on other activities. They would volunteer for all of the volunteer opportunities we had. They would go on the mission trip in the spring over spring break. Everything. And then the next semester would occur. Like we'd have Christmas break and they'd just vanish. Or summer would happen and they just would never come back. Something had changed. Something had occurred. For some, it was something as easy and explainable as, you know, their schedule had changed or their work had changed and their hours uh, now prohibited them from, from being able to spend as much time as they had spent. But for others, and I think this is what Jesus is talking about when he talks about uh, planting the seed and being on shallow soil. For others, something happened that either caused them to question their faith or lose their joy or their faith led them to realize a change in behavior or lifestyle was before them and that that change would lead to loss. And so sadly, in either case, rather than turn more into Jesus, they turned to themselves. And they removed themselves from the community of faith. They removed themselves from the friendships that they had developed. When their faith was in the topsoil, 
They were receiving what they needed. They were in joy. But when their faith was required a deep root or deep action or a deep anchor to sustain them, they were unprepared. Is that not what Jesus is is talking about when he, he talks about this part of the soil and the sower sowing seed upon it? And I think it's, it's something that, that we have to be on our guard ourselves. You know, part of the reading this parable and us thinking about this parable is us asking these questions of ourselves each week. What is the condition of my heart as I'm thinking about what Jesus is talking about here? How am I prepared? How am I engaged in the life of faith? How am I meeting wherever he wants me to be? How am I there? Because if we don't work to ensure that we have a firm foundation, if we don't ensure to, to, to make that we have a rootedness in the gospel then we too can fall away really easily. We can become withered when our life of faith is challenged. We can become withered when our life of faith sometimes causes us to even have sorrow. And I think part of us preparing each other and also being truthful to those that are new to the faith through this, using this parable of Jesus, is for us to be realistic in what it means to be a Christian. Part of helping others to become rooted in the faith is is being honest with them and helping them to realize, helping them to see that following Jesus doesn't just bring joy and good things. Following Jesus can and does bring challenges. It brings tension. And it can even bring conflict. The joy comes when we discover the depth of love that God has for each of us. The joy comes when we become so rooted in the gift of God's grace that no matter where we are at, we know whose we are and, know, and we know to whom we belong. The joy comes in realizing and receiving the forgiveness that, that God has offered you through the sacrifice of His Son. But that doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges. It doesn't mean that things aren't going to get hard sometimes. And it doesn't mean that there won't at times be sorrow. When we realize either that there has been um, some that have gone away or we realize that there are things in our own behavior in our life that we ourselves need to change. And that's why we need depth. That's why we need a rootedness in our faith so that whenever we come to that place, whenever we come to that place where we experience sorrow, we know where we are at and we know whose we are at. I think for our college students example that that I shared of those in colleges, I think for some it was they began to experience sorrow, sorrow when they came to a place where they really had to repent. I think there's sorrow in our hearts when we're seriously dealing with our sin, when we're turning from our sin, when God is is causing us to face our sin. I think there's sorrow and loss when we realize that there are things, places, maybe even relationships that we have to distance ourselves from. Friends, I think there's sorrow when we realize the extent and the the cost of what it means to follow Jesus. But I think the good thing is that His joy is far greater than that. Just a little later in um, Luke's gospel, in Luke 12, Jesus says this to the disciples as he's talking about, you know, having a shallow faith and he's talking about whenever we're confronted with the faith, whenever we face challenges, you know, and he says, do you not think I, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. 
From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, uh, mother-in-law and da- against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. You know, he didn't say anything about father-in-laws and son-in-laws, so that's good. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you get what I'm saying is what Jesus is saying for us is that there is a cost to being a follower. And he's saying to the disciples just four chapters later, I realize the the, the numbering of the Gospels is just how we've done it to to help make it easier for us to keep our place. But just a little later in Jesus' ministry, he's going to the people and he's going to those that are listening to him and he's saying to them, folks, following me has a cost. But I can tell you that the cost that you pay, what you will receive will be far greater in the gift of grace and the gift of forgiveness and the life and being able to experience God's kingdom. And so for us to grow in our faith, we have to cultivate the soil in our hearts to make sure that we are rooted in Jesus. We also have to be honest with others, especially for those who are new to the faith. Not to negate, not to quash their joy, because we don't want to do that. But what we want to do is be realistic in supporting them and celebrating them, while also helping them to become rooted in faith themselves, so that they're prepared as we all need to be. Prepared for the times for when our repentance leads to sorrow, when our faith causes us to face challenges, so that we can all experience the full and mighty joy of Jesus both those new to the faith and also those who have been uh, at this faith and who have had a relationship with Jesus a little bit longer. Because we all have to make Him first in the way that we think. We have to make Him first in the way that we love. And we have to make Him first in the way that we live. When we are the rocky soil, when the seed is sown, when we find ourselves in that rocky soil when our seed is sown, All we can do is work to find depth, to work to find rootedness, and to place ourselves in and on the power of Jesus. Amen.